Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, the 30th of September, 2020. I'm guessing most of you that are listening to this podcast right now, you have some kind of payment that you have to make every month for the place that you live. Uh, Once a month, most likely, you are paying either rent or you are paying a mortgage payment. And you have to do that every month. And honestly, if you stop doing that, you're probably going to have some issues that you're going to have to deal with for not paying your mortgage or not paying your rent. Wouldn't it be nice if instead of paying that once a month uh, for the foreseeable future, you could just pay it once, once for all time, that that, that it could just be done and dealt with. And, and, uh, you know, wouldn't it be nice to just go pay cash for a house and, and have it completely paid for and you never have to worry about those monthly mortgage payments because it has been bought once for all. Well, today we're not talking about rent. We're not talking about mortgages. We are talking about our sin. And we are talking about it being paid for once for all. And we see this here. We see this phrase. It's the second time we've seen this now, especially as we're going through Hebrews chapter 9. But it comes here as we look at verses 25 and 26 in Hebrews chapter 9, where it says, Nor was it to offer himself, talking about Jesus, repeatedly, as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own. For then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And so we see there this idea that it's not like the high priest who continually offered sacrifices and even Jesus, he didn't have to continually offer sacrifices. He did it once for all. And even there, we get the impression not only that he did it once for all time, but once for all who would believe in him, once for all of the redeemed. And that is an amazing thing that I want us to think about. And it's a little difficult, you know, in chapter seven, we're talking about Melchizedek and then we're talking about covenants. And now we're talking about sacrifices. That doesn't mean the same to you today that it would have to these readers, um, you know, who were steeped in the, the Jewish religious system. But for to us, I mean, even this idea of sacrifices is foreign to us. That's why maybe I'm trying to get us to think about rent or mortgage, something that we have to do repeatedly in order to live. Uh, And Jesus, he has paid the price for our sins once for all, because there is nothing we could do to pay for our sins. There is nothing we could do to atone for them, not even a little bit. We, We can't even break it up into monthly payments. Um, but Jesus, not only has he done that, he has done it once for all. And again, now he's specifically targeting, you know, the religious system that they were being, um, tempted to be drawn back into thinking that it was their sacrifices that could save them when he's pointing, no, 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 these couldn't. And that's when he gets into, you know, the earthly copies and the heavenly realities saying, Hey, what was going on on earth with the tabernacle and the temple? These were just pictures. These were just symbols of heavenly realities. And Jesus, he has taken care of the heavenly realities. He has paid for our sins once 
for all. And he's trying to really uh, solidify the case for we don't need to trust in our works or in rituals or in this religious system. Our trust is in Christ. And if you're with us in Hebrews, we're really, as we get towards the end of chapter 10, we're going to kind of turn the corner where he really starts answering the so what question. So even if you're feeling a little lost in Melchizedek and sacrifices and all of these things that really aren't as big of a deal to your everyday life that they would have been to these people, we're going to see how the application is going to be good for everyone. And really, I want to encourage you that, hey, even though you might not be tempted this week to draw back, you know what? I really do think I need to make sacrifices for my sins. We do need to, one, just worship God that our sin has been paid for once for all. We need to worship God for that today. And also, I would encourage you, one practical application I would take from this is this is news worth sharing. Uh, Right after what I read there, talking about the sacrifice once for all, it says, and just as as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. And even just that reminder that man has one life, and after that death comes judgment. We want to see more and more people prepared for that day because they have put their faith in Jesus Christ, who has paid for sin. And we want them to appropriate that payment for themselves through faith. And so just some things to think through as we read these amazing passages in the book of Hebrews. Another theme that really came out today from our Bible reading was even just the words, fear not, fear not. And we see those words repeatedly in the book of Isaiah, where today we read chapters 42 through 43. And again, you're probably sensing, even though there is still some strong language and even words of judgment against the people of Israel, we are you are noticing a change in tone. A lot of promises of God being, being with them. God um, promising them. At the beginning of chapter 42, really see this is a a servant song, and you start seeing these words, my servant. And the most famous passage that's like this, we're going to see is Isaiah 53. And here you can see clearly, this is pointing forward to the Messiah and to what Jesus was going to do. You also see a lot in this stretch about just how unique God is. Look at verse eight and 42. God says, I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. And and he's talking about how glorious he is, but then he translates that, hey, that means something to you people. And we see that there in the beginning of chapter 43. But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior." And he comes back to this again and again. Look at chapter 44, verse 6. Thus says the Lord God, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. Who is like me? Let him proclaim it. Let him declare and set it before me. Since I appointed an ancient people, let them declare what is to come and what will happen. Fear not, nor be afraid. 
Have I not told you from of old and declared it? And you are my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? There is no rock. I know not any. Wow. So God is saying, wow, look at who I am. And because of that, you don't need to fear. And then he points out to them the foolishness of idolatry. And there's that awesome stretch there in chapter 44, where he describes the process. Even, you know, it says, hey, these men, they, they chop down a tree and they use some of this wood and they make a fire to cook their dinner. And then the rest of it, they fashion into an idol and call it their God. Like how ridiculous is that? And Again, that's something that is hard for us to relate to. I don't think any of you listening to this podcast have chopped down any trees this week and been tempted to carve part of it into an idol that you worship and look to for deliverance. But there are still so many things that people today do look to for deliverance. The idols of our culture. Think of security, whether that's coming from finances or from success in a job or from a relationship. There are so many things that people are looking to, to provide for them, to deliver them, to take care of them. And we need to realize those things today are just as foolish as they were back um, back in the day when God was speaking these words through Isaiah. That it's just as foolish for people today to think that some number in a computer system at some bank is their source of deliverance as opposed to the God who made heaven and earth. And we need to set our sights more and more on him. And I love just this stretch really from Isaiah 40 to Isaiah 48 and how exalted of a view of God it presents right in front of our eyes and how we... Um, need to think more about God. And as we do, we will realize, man, I'm trusting in him. I don't need to be afraid. And that's also really the sense that we get looking at uh, Psalm 114, 114 today, uh, where again, it, it goes back really to the deliverance of the people of Israel from the land of Egypt. And you see in verse three, the sea looked and fled. Jordan turned back. So even the parting of the Red Sea, the parting of the Jordan River, the mountains skip like rams, the hills like lambs. And what ails you, O sea, that you flee? O Jordan, that you turn back? O mountains, that you skip like rams? O hills like lambs? Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turns the rock into a pool of water, the flint into a spring of water. And really, when you think God is this amazing God, but what we see in Isaiah, if if we are one of his people, which now we do through faith in Christ, if you are part of God's people, then you don't need to be afraid because this great God is on your side. And what an amazing truth that is. And again, may that challenge us today to think, what are the things you're worried about right now? And get honest about your idols. And in this case, maybe not so much something that you love so much that you call it an idol, but what are the things you look to to put your trust in and realize none of those are worthy of your trust. We've got something so much better in the Lord, the God who made heaven and earth, the God who has redeemed Israel from uh, Egypt and even from exile and the God who has redeemed us from sin through what Jesus Christ has done once for all. And we're getting closer really to seeing the scenes of that sacrifice depicted in Luke 23. Today we start and we see Jesus interacting with Pilate and Jesus interacting with Herod. And here it's very interesting to note how um, 
Neither one of these men seem to be courageous or taking a stand. Here are the rulers of his day, the, the governor from the Romans, uh, kind of Herod, who now, you know, King Herod the Great, his kingdom had been fractured. So one of his descendants ruling kind of a partial part of the kingdom, we see really failures of human leadership. But even in the midst of all that, we see Jesus committed to the task that he is to do, uh, willingly subjecting himself to the mistreatment of men so that he might pay for our sins once for all. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.